T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Hey, Mike Lynch here. Hey, and I'm Patrick Harris. You probably like baseball, which is why you're listening to this. This is the uh, Hot Corner Podcast. Well, I kind of like baseball. I guess I'll tune in. Baseball's pretty neat, so thanks for listening. This is brought to you by your local Les Schwab Tire Center. Doing the right thing since 1952. Woo, baseball! Ground ball to shortstop. The throw is to second. And again, the ball sails past LaGrange into right field. This is the Hot Corner. The runners will score, and a cascade of boos rain down from the stands as clearly the fans' sympathy for this scrappy little no-arm man has run out. With Harrison Lynch. Now granted the throw was a little wide, but you gotta believe that a two-arm player would have made the catch. In fact, a one-arm player would have at least had a shot at it, which calls to mind the question once again, why, with all the two-armed youngsters waiting in the minor leagues, does this team stick with an armless second baseman? On 1080. And he hasn't had a hit in ever. In ever, Jerry. In ever. The Fan. Welcome into the Hot Corner for It Must Be a Wednesday, as is always a Wednesday. And you know what? It's a little bit of a depressing Wednesday if we're looking at baseball news. Yeah, I just stopped. You just stopped? Yeah, I just stopped. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know what we're going to do tonight. Well, I think we're going to talk about that depression, huh? You know, I'm never depressed when I watch John Morant. Can you play shortstop? That'd be fun. Probably. My team could use a shortstop. He's very athletic. My team could definitely use a shortstop. I heard you guys talking about Cleveland. Is that what was going on? We were talking about Cleveland? The city of Cleveland? Oh, they were talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Ah, ah. The great Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Full of such great rock artists as Jay-Z and Biggie Smalls. Yeah, I think they're changing it now to just be like the Music Hall the of music Fame. The Music Hall of Fame? Yeah. Well, it's about time. I've been to said Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. How did you enjoy it? Uh, I really enjoyed it. Mom and I were there. We caught that uh, the day... The music. The day... Uh, <laughs> that's a good call. Uh, I think we caught it the day of Game 2 of the World Series in 2016. I think I think so. It might have been the day of game one, but I don't remember. But we went it was a really cool spot. There was a ton of really fun stuff in there. They had a bit they had a, like a at that moment they had an Almond Brothers display, which my mom is just gaga over the Almond Brothers, so that was really cool. Was it what is it comparable to of places you've been? Is it like is it like a is it like a museum? Or is it different because it's a Hall of Fame? Because I haven't <clears throat> Outside of the Baseball Hall of Fame, which I have gone to because I grew up fairly close to it, I have not been to other places like that. So does it feel more like you're just going to like a natural history history museum for rock? 
slash music, or is it a little bit different? I think it feels it feels a little more like an exhibit than a museum, because when you go in there, and I mean, I it's tough to say because because you know, like like baseball, I love the history of baseball. I love the history of of music, especially rock and roll. And so I I wouldn't say that I like learned anything really. Like I don't look back and go, wow, I learned this when I was there. Uh, but I definitely got to see like Prince wardrobe and Michael Jackson wardrobe and Dwayne Allman guitars and did they have Pete Towns and destroyed amps and did they have like <clears throat> uh, self guided tours? Because my my best experience ever at a museum slash place like that was. I can't remember the name of it. I think it was the National something. It's the Art Museum in London. I went to London with my family when I was oh, younger. Oh, the Natural History Museum. No, no. No, the Brit- British Museum of Art. Something, British so, Museum of History. I've been to that too. Something like that. It was it was the Art Museum in London. And they had the self-guided tours, and you put the little thing on your hip, right. and you could go up to paintings, and they had numbers on it, and you would type it in, and it would tell you about it. Some of them had headphones, and they'll tell you. Well, like, this this had headphones, yeah. yes, and, and you could learn about all the paintings. This museum had a bit of information that was spoken to you in headphones for every piece of art wow. in it. Wow. So whatever room you went into, whichever painting you gravitated towards, you could learn about it. I could have spent so many hours in there. I don't appreciate art. I don't know what I'm looking for. <laughs> like... Hey, that looks nice. Hey, cool. That's interesting and weird. Yeah. Like, that's like, that's my depth of art appreciation. Right. I think we were there for six hours and my parents were like, all right, we got to go. I was like, but, but I, I'm not done, mom. I'm learning so much. <clears throat> it was incredible. And I, I'd been to other museums here in the U.S. and almost all of them will have something similar, but they don't have the same depth of stuff. It's right. like each room has one you can listen about not every single painting. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Yeah, rock and roll is more like, check out this cool thing that somebody had. You know, here's the harmonica Stevie Wonder used for Isn't She Lovely? You know, and you're like, whoa, and I, like, took pictures. And I, I the things I saw were amazing. I don't know if I learned anything. Right. You know, but that's also something you learn. You know a lot. Of yeah, they're like, here's a dress from Mariah Carey at the Grammys, and you're like, wow, that's a really beautiful dress. I can't believe it's on display. Whoa, look at the sequins there. That's really nice. All right, moving on. But I didn't learn anything right. about Mariah. Right. Not that I need to, because I'm a card carrying founding member of the Mariah Carey it, fan club, and that's kind of where I kind of have my rub with those kind of places. Is like, I need to learn something, or else I'm just like, I could see this online. Yeah. And like, yes, there is a difference of seeing it in person, <clears> but. Like, teach me something. Yeah, I, I, I'm fully into the I like to learn aspect about everything. I mean, despite being a troublesome, you know, high school student and not so much in college. I was a lot more put together in college, but I definitely got into a lot of trouble in high school. But I'll tell you what, my mom always tells me this. She she get called into the principal's office or a teacher parent teacher conference all the time, and they would just be like, your kid did this, your kid did that. My mom would say, I'm not leaving until I can hear one positive thing about my child. And Damn, it say, went like that, huh? Yeah, and they would and they would say, well, he has perfect attendance. He shows up every day. 
And my mom initially would be, my mom and dad would initially be like mad about that, but they knew it's because I like to learn, you know? Like I've got a, I've got a job right now that I'm not qualified for nor have experience for. And I, I always say this, I fail every day, I succeed every day, and I learn something every day. And then someone says, how do you like your job? And I say, I love it. Mm. I love it. I mean, I hate failing. I don't want to, like, continue to fail it, every day. It tickles day. your brain, though. But, but yeah, yeah, you get that little, like, let's do something. Let's be exciting. You know, for example, we have Memphis, we have, we have Grizzlies, Knicks on the television right now. And one of the things that turns me off from the NBA these days is I don't know if I'm really learning anything about basketball anymore. And part of that could be because I've been watching for a long time. But I don't I, – I just see guys chuck threes and not get rebounds and be bad on the free throw line. I mean, I guess I'm learning that. <laughs> but but I, I don't feel like the game is teaching me anything to where I can watch baseball <clears throat> still and I can see – Jacob DeGrom's movement. I can see Scherzer in the seventh. And even though I've, like, seen it before, quote-unquote, you're kind of like, whoa. I think the best sport. He can do that now. The best sport for that is football. Yeah, yeah. Watching an NFL game, you know, you know, if you're an NFL fan, you know a lot about football. But you will, especially with a good announcer, and they'll start diagramming, like, this quarterback did this because they had two safeties here, and then this linebacker did this, and you're just like, Oh, my God, this is so crazy. Like the positive aspects of Tony Romo. Mm-hmm. He used to bash on him. It's like, oh, he keeps giving up the plays. And it's like, well, if you really want to learn, you're going to learn something. Like I've watched every single playoff game in the NFL. And you know me, I'm not a big NFL guy. But I've watched every single game, a majority of every single game, because I'm like, well, it's playoffs. People are doing different things. You're looking at block management. You're looking at, you know, all that kind of stuff. Prevent defense versus being aggressive. And we'll I talk feel about like the best playoffs to watch every game. Like, holy cow. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, you know me just right place, right time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, because, because I want to learn, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, that's one of the, one of the bigger falls of the NBA is when it gets to playoffs, it's just more efficient, not learning. You know, this is like scrappy all over the place. Lots of failure, not learning right in the playoffs. It's like, well, yeah, he made that three. That's a terrible three. Oh, and he made it. Oh, okay. I guess that's not a terrible three. <laughs> I guess three. it's okay. I guess it's okay. You know, like the Steph Curry thing. Paul when, George said bad shot yeah, for, yeah, for yeah. games three. When Steph just starts pulling up from, from the great wild butte blue yonder, you're like, that's a bad idea. Oh, my God, he made it. And it was perfect. And it was beautiful. Uh, yeah, I've, I've always just been somebody that wants to learn stuff. You know, and I, I think that's why, to, to keep using basketball as an example, like one of my favorite basketball players of all time is Rajon Rondo because I I have always grown up as as such a my favorite part of basketball is the true old school dis, distribution based point guard that's always been my thing so you in, love in Chris basketball Paul. I don't like Chris Paul because I don't like Chris Paul. Ah. Uh, but his game is phenomenal. I was going to say he's a much better version of Rajon Rondo. But but John Stockton, Jason Kidd, Rajon Rondo, you know, even like a little Darren Williams in there from time to time, you know. Ooh, blast from the past. Yeah, like the, like those were a lot of the guys I really liked. Back when I rooted for the Nets. Yeah, because I feel like when I watched them play point guard, I was learning things about the things they saw, the alleyways, where they knew defenders were going to be and where they knew they weren't going to be. 
And well, I always learn that. And I don't get that as much these days. I think where you would get it in the NBA. Like, I love Mike Conley Jr. If you were to watch a good defensive team, a la the Suns right now, or uh-huh. amazing. Well, they're uh-huh. just amazing. Um, defensively, I, I watched a little bit of their game a couple of games ago. I forget which one it was. And just watching their movement on defense and comparing it to watching the Blazers, who are working on it and apparently <laughs> have been getting better, but you know, they're the Blazers. It's like metrics, Mike metrics. It's like night and day. And it's, it's amazing to see where the players go and what the communication is and who they decide to double team and when they hedge on pick and rolls and when they, you know, all all that stuff was kind of interesting to watch because all of those guys play really good defense on that team. Because you're learning Hmm? because you're learning because you are learning. Ugly Dougly. Well, we got a show for you tonight. Um, we will update you on, uh, the lockout situation. Not that there's much to update, but panic might be setting in. There's also, we'll have some fun with Shohei Otani and video games as I've got Mike Lynch in the house, who is my video game expert. Uh, what else is that? There's a new number one farm system in baseball, um, that we definitely want to talk about and what the previous number one's have shown in the past and what that correlation could look like for the future uh, could be a fun thing to get after. We'll have fair or foul at the bottom of the 8 o'clock hour, as we always do. You can find us on social media. Mike's on Twitter, at MikeLynch27. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at PDiddy085. And then there's our fantastic producer, Mr. Joseph Fisher the third. He is on Twitter and Instagram as well, at JoeFish3. That's F-I-S-C-H. 503 250 1080 is the text line. That bad boy will let you interact with us throughout the entire show. As somebody already thinks we should make the Metal Hall of Fame. I don't know why I was included that. I don't know either. But uh, I I, I, can... I also don't know if I would be a good person to do that because my metal is very modern. Like well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a lot <clears throat> of uh, experience with the classic metal outside of like the obvious ones of metallica or judas priest or whatever and what i've learned from you metal folk uh people your age mike people a lot older than you that i respect who are musicians even they argue about stuff about the ogs and things like that i I would say that of all the genres that i've seen people talk about the most argued about is metal yeah i agree because there's a bajillion subgenres, and some are very disrespected by older metal guys and some old metal is disrespected by new metal guys and it's Everyone just hates each other. It's metal. Why wouldn't there be hate in right, right, right. And then when you come to rock and roll, we basically have two standards. Are you good or do you suck? And that's basically where it lies. Right. Uh, and then last but not least, the Beers on Us podcast will drop tomorrow at 4 p.m. Wherever you get your podcasts, including the Odyssey app and 1080thefan.com. It's a trivia episode. Mike's going to throw some questions at me. And I'm probably going to fail miserably. And then when he tells me the answer, give you a bunch of information you didn't know that I know. Is this probably how this is going to go down? Uh, I would say that I'm not sure how this is going to go. I've never created beer trivia before. I think some of these will be very easy. Mm -hmm. uh, And I I intentionally put a couple in there that are like, you'll get that. Oh, thanks, bud. I think a couple of them will be pretty difficult for you, especially. And I think that there will be a couple in the middle. So we'll see. I've got eight questions. And uh, yeah, we'll 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 do our first episode of beer trivia. Okay, well, and then we'll we'll see how it goes. We'll see how I can tweak the format, and maybe we can do, you know, I I came up with this idea. I'll talk about on the podcast when we record it. But it'd be cool that when we can go out and do stuff again, uh, more safely, 
that we could do like an actual like beer jeopardy Ooh. and have listeners come by and then you know there's some you get something for winning or something i don't know who's the host we're both the hosts oh well, i was gonna say jeopardy you mean like these days is highly contested opinion on who's going to be the host okay well who's going to be the host and then who's going to be the jeopardy vanna white for beer well vanna white's on wheel of fortune i know i'm well aware okay but if there's two of us and one of us has to be the host the other one has to go flip the question cards and look pretty oh i will flip the question cards in a naughty nurse outfit like you ain't never seen before my friend i'll I'll hold you to that patrick all right stick with us when we come back we'll dive into the update on major league baseball and is this headed in a bad direction we'll get to all that next this is the hot corner on portland sports leader 1080 the fan we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here only at t-mobile get Four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Shout out to Steve Nash as a distribution style point guard. However, that guy shot a little too much for me. Patrick hates offense. He I likes do. facilitating. I do. I do. I like efficiency. And chucking is not my way to go. Just some great passing on the possession. Yes, it was a shot clock violation, but, man, they really <laughs> moved that ball around. <laughs> and if you like uh, facilitating, Patrick, boy, you should have seen Joey the Fourth on Saturday. Oh, yeah, oh, just really? dishing dimes. First three possessions. I was th- th- sitting there in awe just at some of the passes he was giving out to his teammates. Dimebag Joey over there. Yeah. For sure. It was nice. Also, a teammate apparently called him out, said that he shot too much. As he's dishing dimes and he took two shots in between seven assists, and they're like, you need to shoot less. Before that game. Oh. So So he's learning. Yeah. Ah. The criticism, he's like, all right, you get a bucket. You get a bucket. Theme of the show tonight, learning. 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 And so that will be part of the theme of the podcast. I didn't, right? I didn't know that I hated offense, but I just learned that I hate offense. <laughs> Apparently. I'm okay with it. Facilitate only. <laughs> Rajon Rondo has 15 assists and 25 rebounds and 10 points for a triple-double. <laughs> and I'm like, that's my guy. I like that guy. That guy's a good basketball player. Now, Rajon Rondo has a triple-double with steals, rebounds, and assists. <laughs> he has two points. <laughs> Two of three from the line. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 
All right. Well, we got to do this, right? I guess we got to do this. We do. If you live under a rock, Major League Baseball is currently in a lockout. It is. And this happens from time to time. We see this. as more, there's More so than other sports, more so than More so than other sports. And that includes hockey. And their commissioner is a massive S show. Uh, it happens more often than not. So you're kind of like, eh, whatever. Uh, Pat, Patrick, who has the worst commissioner right now? It's baseball. Oh, it's baseball. If you're worse than Gary Bettman, you're really trying. You're really trying. And so this happens from time to time, and you start, you know, you know, each side's it's millionaires versus billionaires, and each side's trying to, you know, get their piece of the proverbial pie. Uh, and this one is a little different than the others. Um, I think as as people who follow baseball, like you and myself. And a bunch of you listening out there, uh, if you listen to this baseball show and don't like baseball, well, I'm, thanks. Like, really appreciate that. I guess that means you like us enough. <laughs> yeah, I guess that means you like us. Shout out Joe Fisher on the ones and twos. And uh, this one feels a little different. Uh, I think, I think for us that follow, a lot of the things that the players want seem pretty legit, mm-hmm. pretty straightforward. And some of the things the owners want, I would also agree, don't seem that bad. No, but the difference is how they view the sport at the moment. Right. The difference is the players see the increase in revenue and how their money is not matching up to it. But the owners say it doesn't matter if it's matching up to what we're making. You're still making so much money. Right. And... That's where the big problem is. The big stick in the middle of the ground between the two of them is it's purely money. Mm -hmm. And the players want more. They want more of the pie. And the owners do not want to give up more money. They don't. Yeah. It's just that simple. And and the strange thing, I I think what, you know, we're going to get into some nitty gritty on this over the next, you know, half hour or so. Uh, what, What a lot of the players are saying what it feels like is if you help us, it's like it's like uh, investing in the future. If you help us, if you give us a little more piece of this pie, the pie is going to get bigger. And we're all going to be okay. To where I think in a classic sports capitalistic nature, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know. There's no guarantees on that. Yeah. And... And the owners want to make as much money as possible. Right. And giving doing more, as little as possible. Giving all the uh, more money to the players is taking money out of the team's pockets, a.k.a. taking money out of the owner's pockets. But would you not agree that if you give the players more money, in theory, would the game not prosper? Or are we worried that if everybody, if the players get more money, they're going to become lackadaisical and not try as hard and the game goes down? Honestly. And the game becomes the NBA. My honest opinion I don't think any changes that happen change the quality of the play on the field at all. Right. Not at all. If the players get more money, I don't think it does anything different. If they don't get the money they're asking for, I don't think it does anything different. They're still playing baseball and making millions of dollars or half a million dollars at minimum, which, you know, by baseball standards is nothing, but by human standards is a boatload of money. (laughs) It's like. I only get 32 a year. I deserve 33 a year. And I was like, 33,000? That sounds great. <laughs> and it's like... I would love to get a pay increase by five. I'm trying... Five million? No, just no, 5,000 a year. 5, yeah, that'd be yeah. great. I'm I'm trying really hard with this one because I normally... 
I, it, I, I used to fall into the trap of supporting the teams and the owners because like it's the sport and I want the sport to come back. But in reality, they're both greedy and I don't, I just want the game to come back. So I right. don't care how it happens. I just want the game to come back. <clears throat> right. And on that note, let's, let's dive into the differences and what keeps these two teams, these two sides separate. And if we foresee them finding a resolution to that, and then also get into the ramifications that sure are on the players and the teams, but affect us, the viewers, the listeners, the the watchers the most. So stick around. There's more lockout updates and conversation as we finally hit a point where things are a little more serious than they were say a month ago. Don't go anywhere. But before we do any of that first, there's my man, Joe with sports. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Seven thirty-four. We are live from the poop-filled Willamette down here at an Odyssey station. Uh, Blazers getting underway right now. I guess we can keep you up to date on that if I decide to change channel over to that. Yeah. I don't watch a whole lot of the Blazers because I don't have that channel, nor can I stream it. Uh, so I don't watch a whole lot of the Blazers because they suck and they're not fun to watch, which is good. Tank. Right. Tank. tank what I am tank, interested tank, in tank, is tank, the trade tank, deadline tank. is in eight days, and I want to see what they do. Sell them all. Sell them all. Sell them all. Maybe they will. I don't know who they all are. <laughs> Dude, you know who we should trade for? Dude, there's this guy who's been lighting it up lately. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. Gary Trent Jr. We should get that guy. <laughs> that like guy's five good. Five straight games of 30 plus points. That guy's good. We should get that, dude. <laughs> I like him. I don't care if he plays defense or not. I think he would look great in a Blazer jersey. Number two. Just like, I He's love got his a swagger. <clears throat> I love his the hair. Fans would love him. He's got gray hair. Everyone's going to love him. I'm telling you, dude dynamite drop in and when he gets hot from shooting threes like he has been <clears throat> man the, the motor center will light up who do, we, uh, who do we give up like norman powell for that trade oh uh, that's probably fair that's yeah, probably Norm, fair Norm's deal on a decent contract Norm's you know? on a decent contract he's a proven veteran um he can shoot the three can shoot the three is playoff experience i mean <laughs> we saw did we see it last yeah year? but you gotta hedge your bets on the young kids man give me trent jr i'll take trent jr for powell Straight up, I'll throw in Rocco for Pascal Siakam. Does that count? I don't think they would do that. Oh, that sucks. I like that guy, too. I do, too. We should go get that guy. Anyway, uh, Major League Baseball. We're back on this, right? We are. Um, Michael, you sent me uh, an article from The Athletic the other day. Which I currently have open on my phone. Uh, that, 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 I, that I looked through. It, it brought a lot, you know, it brings a lot of this to light. Where... Everything that they are debating, that they are a part on, is in this article. Yeah. And All the core economic principles. And where are we, my friend? Uh, we are as far apart. <clears throat> no, that's a lie. We are almost as far apart as we were when the lockout began. There have been some concessions that have been made by the player side, mostly. The league has made a couple of small ones. But generally speaking, the money is the problem. The players are and asking. When you, and when you for, say money, and when you say the players are asking for money, what are you what are you talking about? Is this arbitration? Well, there's a is couple, this 
it's a couple rookie things. deals. Like, well, like, what are we talking about here? It's a couple of things. One, it's the minimum salary. Okay. They would like to raise the minimum salary. Right now, it is $570,500. And in reality, if you actually think about it, I don't know what the percentage is. Um, oh, it's right here in front of me. 63.2% of all MLB players in 2019 were making the minimum salary. Okay. So that's a large percentage of players making $575,000. Over half drastically. Um, they want to increase the minimum salary to $775,000. So Just a bit outside. 200 k increase. Sure. MLB wants to do a tiered increase. They agree it should go up. They want to pay six fifteen in the first year, six fifty in the second year, and seven hundred in the third year. So neither none of those are getting to what the players want. And it's a slow rollout, but it is increasing. <clears throat> yeah, um, the players are saying, and the union is saying that this isn't even going above a cost of living increase, which is laughable to me. But um, that's what <laughs> that's what they're arguing. Five hundred k, all expenses paid is not enough. And also the they increase- stank. And I hate him. The increase MLB is offering, the 44.5 increase for the first year, would be the largest ever yeah. given to minimum salaries. So that is one one piece of the puzzle. Um, the union is viewing this, because they're doing the tiered system, mm-hmm. as giving the players what they want, but then taking it away anyway. You can put it on the ball. Yes! The, the MLB is going to... Sorry, I'm drop happy. You are. The MLB <laughs> is going to try to give the players what they want without actually giving the players what they want. Right, right. It's like a like the facade of like, yeah, we got you. Right. Um, the other one that you mentioned is the arbitration. Mm-hmm. Is players want arbitration to... Sooner. To go... Well, they probably want it to go away. Well, yeah, yeah. But they know in the negotiation process they want it to be sooner. They want it two years, not three years. The MLB said they will not budge on that. That is not going to be a negotiating thing. They're not going to do it. Well, and, I, I, and, and, and speaking on that... I don't think arbitration is necessarily the problem. I mean, arbitra- arbitration is there also to protect the players, too. Like, it is, you know, when you meet with an arbitrator, it is an unbiased third party, and it is there to protect the players as well. The problem, I think, probably the, one of the biggest problems these players have is that their starting point is so much lower than it should be. You you tupple on top of that manipulated service time and things like that, that by the time you get to arbitration, you've already missed out on a ton. I'm wrong. Uh, the, the the league did think about getting rid of arbitration. They did think about getting rid of it. They actually offered a no arbitration system. Oh, wow. Um, so I'm, I'm confused about what they said. They well, because, because, because like I'm saying, like arb- arbitration – um, so I, I've been a Cleveland Indians fan for my, basically my entire life. And one thing that I have known about that organization when it comes to arbitration is I think Trevor Bauer was the first guy to ever go to arbitration because they always found a deal. They always struck a deal with guys before they had to bring in an arbitrator and, because that that middleman, that unbiased third party arbitrator, <clears throat> excuse me, is there built to protect both sides to make sure you're not paying, you know, thirty three million dollars for Garrett Cole who has a blown arm. Not that he does. I'm just using that as an example. 
but to make sure that Shane Bieber, who is getting paid $750,000 while he wins a Cy Young, gets more like $14 million. So it's there to protect both sides and, in theory, meet in the middle. Now, that middle is probably not market value because if Shane Bieber's on the on the free agent market right now, he's going to get signed for $30 mil. But that arbitrator can say what you've done, how old you are, your trajectory, you're worth $18 million a year instead of 750000 So what the league proposed in November was to get rid of arbitration and establish a predetermined pool of money for players in their third to sixth year and pay them based on performance <clears throat> as calculated by war. Doesn't sound that bad to me. Uh, the union said no because they didn't want to set scale. They still wanted to negotiate depending on the player. Mm-hmm. The league said, okay, fine, we'll go back to arbitration, but we're not going to two years, which is what the league wants. And so instead, the league offered, or sorry, the, the union said, how about we do a pool of money that we can give to players in arbitration based on their performance? Um, the players, the union wants $105 million in a pool available to divvy up based on performance. Mm-hmm. The league wants $10 million Whoa, available hey, hey, in a pool hey, for those players. Hey, um, hey, the, the home league, run The league would make this 10 mil. I'm just going to read this straight from the article available to all players in years zero to three, except for super twos who are eligible for arbitration. The union basis plan on players becoming eligible after two years, which the league is saying no to thus 105 million would be going to zero to two players, a much smaller group. The league is saying the fact that we're even accepting a bonus pool should show you that we want to work with you. And the players are saying, yeah, but the difference between 10 and 105 million is insane. It's 95 million to be exact. Yeah. Um, See that math off the top of my head? What up? This says under the league's plan, the salary of Corbin Burns, a two plus player last year, the great Corbin Burns would have jumped from 608 K to 2.34 million based on his signing award and his war. A number of other players in their uh, zero through third years, Vlad Jr., Jonathan India, Randy Rosarena, uh, would all have received boosts as well. The union just wants more money in those boosts going to those players. Can I ask, I wonder if, the, does the union want this based on individual players because performance isn't the only factor based on their salary? I don't understand the question. Bryce Harper is a great baseball player. Yes. Mike Trout is a better baseball player, correct? Yes. Not by not by much, but Trout's better than Harper. Mm-hmm. Harper's still pretty damn good. Harper is a lot oh, more I never thought I'd hear you say I know, that. right? I know I hate my life. Uh Harper is a thousand times more marketable than Mike Trout. Sure. Therefore, is Bryce Harper worth extra money? than what performance would value. Well, no, I mean, wouldn't he get paid that naturally just because he's marketable? Like, that has nothing to do with baseball contracts. That has to do with marketing deals. But I think it has everything to do with baseball contracts when you want to sign them, not what you make on the side. I mean, is the team... Like, Fernando Tatis is extremely more marketable than Manny Machado, even though Machado is a more polished product right now this point but i see your point you know what i mean both in the same team yes. <clears throat> um yeah i mean there is i'm sure i don't know what the number would be i'm sure they know the number of what are the phillies making in sales and jersey sales just from having bryce harper right right 
ticket sales, all that jazz. But then again, that's also baked into his massive $330 million contract, is it not? In theory, yeah. But that, but that's what I mean, though, that he gets that 330 because there's C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, a part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't think that's how the union's viewing it. I think they're just saying purely pay us. We want our young stars to get paid like they're stars as opposed to Corbin Burns making 600K. Right. And we and always winning Cy Young. And we always run into this. I mean, the Angels paid Albert Pujols for everything he did in St. Louis. They didn't pay him for anything he was going to do in Anaheim. Right. They paid him for everything he did in St. Louis. And we see that too often. So that makes sense, you know? See that. And, and that's where this thing gets so wild is. The, the the logical aspects of getting paid your market value for what you're doing now is something the players want and Major League Baseball doesn't. Well, Major League Baseball wants it at Just a much smaller scale. Not at the level as they or want. Or at least they're willing to go to it. I don't think they want it at all, but I think they're they're willing to listen at the very least. The problem is, is the gap is enormous. And it sounds like every time they talk about this, it gets very heated. So... Well, that's where we are right now, and <clears throat> excuse me again. We'll we'll keep you updated on this as you know. Well, there, there's more to this. I mean, you've got luxury tax is a big question right now. You've got the service time manipulation, which you referenced, which we talked about before at at, at nausea, and yeah. I will continue to talk about that at nausea if you want me to. And both sides want a draft lottery because oh. they want to stop tanking. Oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. Or at least help stop tanking. Help stop tanking, yeah. And the the interesting thing about the luxury tax here is I was skimming through it in the break is it's really strange because the the players want to raise the luxury tax. They want to they want to have a huge jump in it. Um because they view it as a good way to get more money flowing in the sport, even if teams who are like the Yankees or Dodgers, who generally you would think you don't want to give them more of an opportunity to steal all the players away from everybody right. else. They got empty pockets or full pockets. Yeah, yeah. endless money. Endless, yeah. Um, in reality, if you raise it, it's it, the, the players are arguing it would help the league as a whole. Um, I don't fully understand their argument. I was reading through it, and I'm kind of confused by it. Mm-hmm. The league is saying we've got more parity than any other sport, and... Probably not wrong. Our system is working for that. But on the flip side, the other problem is because you don't have any salary cap or floor, I mean, luxury tax kind of acts as a cap. Right. Not really. Especially because you don't have a floor. You've got like five teams that are currently has have grievances pending against them because they're just not spending. They're just losing. <laughs> 40 million and less. Hello, my team. Uh, the four team. Four <clears throat> teams. Sorry. The A's, Rays, Marlins, and Pirates have grievances filed against them because they're just not spending anything. <laughs> So I'm I'm a little bit I want to try to do a little more research in the break on this here because I'm a little confused at where they're coming from. Like you would think raising the luxury tax would make that even worse. Right. It would create less parity. It would make the biggest money teams in the league have more money to spend on all the big free agents. But if you look at how baseball's gone, you already kind of have that, and yet parity is at an all time high. Like all these different teams are making the World Series, winning World Series, representing right. teams. If you look at the NFL, if you look at the NBA, especially the NBA. Especially the NBA. The NBA has a salary cap. There's no parity. No, None. No. Uh, it's getting a little better, right? Suns made it last year. Bucks won a title. But sure. generally speaking, 
it's been the same four or five teams every year. And it's and it's the not NFL, really it's not really a franchise thing. It's a player driven right. thing too. The NFL the Lakers were garbage, but LeBron shows up, and you're like, well, yeah, that guy. The NFL appears to have parity, but as this article says, in the AFC, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, and Patrick Mahomes have been the quarterback of 18 of the last 20 Super Bowls in the AFC. And the other two are Joe Flacco and in the AFC. Don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. I don't, I don't me. know off the top of my head. It's Joe Flacco and it's... I don't have it. I'll okay. think about it in the break. Um, <clears throat> and then and then it even goes on to say, then Brady went to the NFC and also made the Super Bowl for an <laughs> NFC team. Hey, oh, what up, so, dude? parody because Brady went to a different team, but it's still Tom Brady. Right. And he's like, and the article is saying in baseball, we don't have a lot of that. The Yankees haven't made a World Series since 2009. The Dodgers have won a World Series mm-hmm. despite spending all this money. So what's the what's the problem with right. the luxury tax? All right. When we come back, we'll let Mike do a little more research and we'll figure this out. And then at the top of the eight o'clock hour, we'll talk about what the future looks like, because there's still a lot to get into with this. And we'll have a little bit of fun with video games, too. So stick around. There's more to come. This is the Hot Corner, 1080 The Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. second hour coming up for you so don't go anywhere bottom of the eight o'clock hour we have fair foul as we always do we'll play a little fun with some video games too uh but mike mike and i were diving back into this uh by the way the other answer is rich gannon of the oakland raiders we believe i believe in the last 20 years that'll be 02 would be 02 they got blown out by tampa i think it's rich gannon and joe flacco as the two afc as the non- two afc and the one before that would be Steve Air McNair, who I own his rookie card. For the Titans. You think that's worth money? Yeah. Steve McNair rookie, true rookie, like in a great condition, too. Did you have it cased and scored? Uh, I No, no, not at all. I had it when I was a kid, and I still think it's in a binder somewhere that hasn't been touched for 20 years. You might be able to make some money off that. Yeah, maybe. I love Steve McNair. He's a good quarterback. R.I.P. <clears throat> um... We looked through all this, and honestly, everything, you know, Mike was like, help me understand this, and he would say things, and I would rattle things off, like each sentence trying to explain it. This whole thing, to me, sounds like Major League Baseball believes in Reagan's trickle-down economics, that if you let the big teams spend money due to revenue sharing and luxury tax, it will fall down to the little guys, and they will use it to make their team better. The problem we're seeing is those teams that get that money are not using it to get better. They're using it as profit. Yes. Uh, the other problem that we just discerned from this piece of the article was that the union is worried that because of the luxury tax, it's acting as a cap, mm-hmm. which is lo- limiting salary growth of their players. Right. Because teams are not willing to go over or are very reluctant to go over to pay players. And if you're not the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Red Sox or, you know, whatever other team you want to put up there that makes a lot of money, you're not going over the 210 mil. So player salaries are being affected by that because they're saying, sorry, we can't afford you. Right. The league or the players want the, the luxury tax to go up by like 70 mil in the next five years. 
The league wants it to go up by like ten mil. Here we go. Here's and, here's the big the big difference again. And, but it's it's confusing because raising luxury tax by seventy mil would seem to only benefit the top three or four teams. Right. But I think what they're saying is there are a lot of teams in baseball, maybe teams five through fifteen or eighteen, who want to spend more than the luxury tax but don't want to pay the penalties. Mm-hmm. So if the luxury tax goes up and they can hit their quote-unquote cap. Teams that are close, like let's take the White Sox, for example. Jerry Reinsdorf, he's got money. He's a sports owner. He owns multiple teams. White Sox have, have a real good core. It looks like they are going to be a contender for the next few years. But Reinsdorf is smart enough to know how do we do this without going into the luxury tax. It's not all Yankees and Red Sox. Right. Um and this is kind of spitballing. I'm not 100% sure how those teams feel about that. I mean, if you look at the payrolls right now, um, there are 17 teams that are over 100 mil. That's half the league. Yeah, but there's a difference between 100 mil and the top of the salary cap <laughs> or the luxury tax, which yeah. is 210 or 200. And the Dodgers are at, what, 240, 230? So right now, based and we don't know for sure because not everyone signed everybody yet because we're in the lockout, the Mets actually have the biggest payroll. At 235. Wow. Dodgers are 214. Oh, that Scherzer thing is not great. Yankees are 211. And then it goes Padres 184, White Sox 169, Red Sox 164, Phillies 163, Angels 161, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Dang, all those are playoff teams except for the Mike Trout and Bryce Harper. (laughs) Yes. Uh, The Astros are 157, by the way. Um, Like that, that 157, 160, that's still 40 mil to the cap. To the right, tax. Right. Sorry, it's basically a cap, so I keep calling it a cap. Are those teams going to spend more if they're given more of an opportunity? Or are they like, if we want to make a profit, we can only spend this much? Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's where it meets. And that's why a floor is important is more important to me than a cap. I agree. Because the floor brings everyone else up to that level. And now you can say, well, it's like if you're Jerry Reinsdorf, to use him as as an example. <clears throat> And I don't know this for sure. I've never met the man. I don't know how he does his business. I haven't really got into it. But to use him as an example, he's like, hey, we're at 165 and we're in a World Series window right now. Why should I add another $100 million on top of that mm-hmm. when we can do this now? But if you put a floor in at, say, 80, 75, 100, hell, 60 would help a majority of the league. Well, but right, if you put right in a now, floor, there are- then Reinsdorf is probably like, okay, it might not be 165, but I'm, I might not be willing to go to 240, but I might be willing to go to 195, maybe 200, get that, get that last, you know, reliever signing in the offseason. Well, right now, the gap between 27 oh, and you're 20, paying like 40 million for two closers. The gap between 27 and 28 is insane. Yeah. Right now. Uh, actually, the gap between 26 and 27 is pretty big, too. Diamondbacks are 26. They have a 66 mil total salary. Mm-hmm. The Marlins are 27, 55 mil. Oof. Then the Pirates come in at 28, 34 mil. Orioles, 29, 29 mil. 29 mil. And your Cleveland Guardians, dead last, also 29 mil. Let's go. So let's say we raise the floor to 100, which is currently the Brewers at 17. That would bring. The Cubs, Nationals, Rockies, Rays, Royals, A's, Twins, Mariners, Diamondbacks, Marlins, Pirates, Orioles, and Guardians up significantly or incrementally, depending on where they are on this list, but generally pretty significantly. 
If you raise it to say 75, that cuts about half of that list out. Maybe seems more reasonable because that's over half the league. But it still pushes up. But you're raising a bunch of teams up. Go get players. Go get guys who are worth money. Mike, you sound like a socialist. And I think that's the best fix. I don't think changing the luxury <clears throat> tax really does. Anything. I don't think so either. I think it's. I think it's. A, I think it's a salary floor. I mean, as a Yankees fan, I like you that. You have to it, compete. It gives the Yankees more money to spend, but for the sport, that's not good. But you have to compete. But the argument is, you look at the Guardians, and there was a moment last year in which there was a chance that team could make the playoffs. You know, I mean, the White Sox ran away with it, but the Twins were bad. The Royals are bad. And you have to, and the Tigers are bad, although don't, building. Don't sleep on the Royals and Tigers. I think they're both building pretty well. I know they're building, but they're bad now. You know what I mean? And like this Guardians team is spending $30 million and halfway through the season, you were like, oh, these guys could maybe make the playoffs. Maybe not a wild card. They'd have to win the division, but uh, maybe. And that's what allows these owners and these clubs to, to keep themselves real po. Yeah. Cheap, cheap, cheap. Well, here's the the reality is, is how does this forecast to the future? How does this forecast to us as the viewer, the listener, the watcher, the consumer, butts in the seats and all that stuff? And that's what I want to get into as we start the second o'clock hour. And I love this text and I'm going to say this over the air and I can't, I can't mean it more. Baseball must be played or we riot. And that is the truth. There's a lot more in the second hour. Stick around. Hot corner. 1080 The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.